Entertainment's podcast from Bottom Line Technologies. Hello, welcome to this podcast. I'm Rich Williams, and today I'm joined by my Bottom Line colleague, Marcus Hughes. Welcome, Marcus. Hello, Rich, and thanks for inviting me. Today, we're going to talk about an important future change program in UK payments, which will affect backs payments and direct debits. This industry program is known as New Payments Architecture, and Marcus is here to tell us what it means for UK business. The way businesses and banks pay and get paid is changing rapidly. The payments industry is going through a period of unprecedented change, in fact. There's a range of dynamic factors which are driving this fast-moving environment. For example, new regulations which encourage greater innovation and competition, new entrants to the market, both challenger banks and non-bank fintechs, new requirements for anti-money laundering, or AML, and financial crime compliance, new payment instruments and formats, new technology, in particular the adoption of cloud, and the widespread rollout of real-time payment systems around the world. With so much change, there has therefore never been a time of greater need for trusted advisors who can make it easier and faster for banks and corporates to comply with these new requirements while getting maximum benefit from the exciting opportunities presented by these changes. So Marcus, let's begin. Can you please tell us why you think this new payments architecture is so important to Bottom Line's customers and any other bank or business that's listening to this podcast? Uh, Of course, Rich, uh, with pleasure. Um, Over the next few years, the new payments architecture is going to introduce radical changes and some really exciting new features to the UK payments landscape. The most significant of these changes will be the end of the BAC's three-day clearing cycle. BAC's direct credits and direct debits, as well as faster payments, will all be replaced by a new credit transfer instrument, which will clear in real time. That's 24-7, 365 days a year. This new credit transfer instrument will use the ISO 2022 file format. This will replace the BAC standard 18 format and also the ISO 8583 format, which is currently used by faster payments, which is in fact the format used by the card industry. Um, But despite all this change, I really do want to emphasize strongly that direct debits will continue to be widely used. But the way they are processed and cleared will undergo significant changes to make them easier, faster, and more secure. Now, all these new processes will take a bit of getting used to, but they'll also bring advantages, as I'm sure we'll explore later. New payments architecture will also see the introduction of some exciting new payment instruments. These are called overlay services. These new payment instruments have names like request to pay, enhanced data, and confirmation of payee. All these new overlay services will make it easier and more secure to pay and get paid. Okay, thanks, Marcus. That's quite a lot of change coming on down the track. Can you give us some background on how and why these changes are coming about? Yes, um, I agree. It's important to understand this background. Uh, For me, new payments architecture is really a natural extension of open banking, which, as we know, is just in the process of being introduced in the UK, along with PSD2 across all of Europe. The the programme for new payments architecture is really being driven by the Payment Systems Regulator, which is part of the Financial Conduct Authority. Uh, The programme's objective 
is to modernise UK payments and make them more secure by replacing our rather complicated legacy systems and by ensuring that the UK has a more stable and resilient payments infrastructure. This ambitious programme will be rolled out over the next two to five years um, and it's going to bring radical change to the way businesses, banks and consumers pay and get paid. It's important to note that we will start to see the impact of new payments architecture as early as this year, when we anticipate the launch of a number of market-delivered solutions which will use overlay services, such as request to pay. But we won't actually see the phasing out of some of our more familiar payment schemes, such as three-day backs, until 2021. Who was actually behind drafting up all the detail for these changes, Marcus? So for the last couple of years, there's been a major consultation programme across UK payments. Um, this involved the creation of the Payment Strategy Forum, and the group consisted of experts from banks, payment systems, uh, fintech firms, uh, and of course consultants, who were tasked with designing a more modern and secure payment system. They wrote a new payment architecture implementation plan blueprint which was published in December 2017. This large document sets out the vision for how the new payment system will operate. At the heart of the plans is a new simplified payments platform. This new central infrastructure for payments will replace legacy systems such as BACs, faster payment services and check clearing. All users of payments in the UK will therefore need to migrate to this simplified payments platform between 2021 and 2023. That is two to five years from now. So that's the background and the inception, but what's been done so far in the new payments architecture programme? Although it's not visible to many normal businesses, a lot of work's been going on in the background. For a start, there's an important new entity, which was initially called the New Payment System Operator, which was formed a few years ago. This entity, whose role will be to create and run the simplified payments platform, was rebranded as Pay.UK at the end of 2018. Um, as a major step towards consolidating the new the payment systems, Pay.UK now has control over all the UK's existing retail payment systems, so that's BACs, Faster Payments, and the Check and Credit Clearing Company. Bringing these organisations under the umbrella of Pay.UK is making coordination easier and it will help migration to the simplified payments platform. You mentioned, Marcus, that there will be important changes to the way BACs direct credits, direct debits and faster payments are processed. What are these changes likely to be and can we start with credit transfers? Certainly. Um, I agree your question takes us to the heart of the matter. So all these payment types will undergo important changes as businesses migrate to the simplified payment platform between 2021 and 2023. At present, a business typically uses BACS approved software or a BACS bureau to submit their files to the BACS central infrastructure or the faster payment service. Once the simplified payments platform is in place, most businesses are going to need to use the services of a third-party service provider. This is a new type of service provider, 
which will enable access to the simplified payments platform. In addition, these third-party service providers will deliver the overlay services, which are going to make payments more secure and, and easier to use. It's expected that some banks, and of course fintech firms, will decide to become third-party service providers. Any organisation that wants to be a third-party service provider will need to become accredited by Pay.UK. Now, bottom line is, of course, planning to become one of these third-party service providers, and where they're going to be very well-placed to help customers with all these uh, important changes. In a significant change to existing BACS processing today, when a customer submits a payment file, these new third-party service providers will disaggregate that file by bank. In other words, it will aggregate payments into one separate file for each bank whose customers are due to get paid, as per the instructions in that original consolidated payment file. So in this way, the third-party service provider will probably need to create a separate payment file for NatWest, HSBC and Barclays, and any other bank with, with customers who are going to be get getting paid. This is very different to the way BACS files are processed today. Under the new system, these disaggregated files, separated by Payee Bank, will all be submitted to the Simplified Payments Platform. And this disaggregation process by third-party service providers will make it easier for the Simplified Payment Platform to manage all clearing in real time. Another role performed by the third-party service provider will be to carry out checks for current account switching service and they'll then redirect payments to the new account of any party that's changed bank account. As I mentioned at the start, a different format known as ISO 20022 will be used for BACs and faster payments. Recognising that many businesses are not familiar with this ISO 20022 format, third-party service providers are going to offer data transformation services into and out of ISO 20022, and they'll provide mapping with the more familiar formats such as Standard 18 or SAP IDOCs, etc. It's also expected that many businesses will submit their remittance data separately from the payment messages. Third-party service providers will therefore offer a service to incorporate remittance advice information into the ISO 20022 format. This XML format has plenty of capacity to carry remittance advice information. So in this way, the, the payment message and the remittance data, known as enhanced data, will travel together with a single message through the simplified payments platform and then onto the receiving bank and finally to the payment beneficiary. At bottom line, we have extensive expertise in data translation services for a wide range of formats. That includes ISO 20022, of course. This XML format is already used in a number of international payment and financial messaging systems, such as SEPA and Target2 Securities. So these mapping skills that we have uh, for our financial messaging customers mean we're ideally placed to help customers adapt to ISO 20022 when this new format is adopted in UK payment systems over the next few years. Great. So that's payments covered. What changes are planned for the way direct debits are processed? Uh, yes, this is where it gets really interesting, I think. Uh, for direct debit, 
the third party service provider is going to perform similar tasks to what I've just described for credit transfers, but with a couple of really important differences. So I've just explained how credit transfer files divided up by payee banks will be sent by the third party service provider to the simplified payments platform for clearing. Now in contrast, direct debits will follow a different routing. The third party service provider will send disaggregated direct debit files direct to each bank where debtors hold their bank accounts. So I emphasize that direct debit files will not be sent to the simplified payments platform at this stage. Just to make it clear, I'll repeat that process because it's really crucial. The third party service provider will receive direct debit files from their customer and will disaggregate them by bank. It will then create a new direct debit file for each paying bank where debtors hold their accounts. These multiple direct debit files will then be sent direct to each of these banks. This is instead of the current process of sending to Vocalink a single bulk file for all paying banks combined. Under the new system, it will then be the, the debtors bank or third party service provider that will push the payments into the simplified payments platform for clearing once the debtor customer's account has been debited. So in this way, all direct debits under the new payments architecture will be push payments as opposed to pull payments as they currently operate today. Another important way in which direct debits are changing is that under the new system, only cleared funds will be sent to the simplified payment platform. So any direct debits which cannot be debited to a customer's account because of there is insufficient balance, for example, will be returned as an advice of non-payments. In this way, the direct debit originator will only receive cleared funds into their account on the payment due date. This means that any unpaid direct debits will no longer be reversed from the payment service user's account a few days after settlement, which is the way direct debits are processed today, of course. The payment service user will be notified of any rejected payments and will therefore have an accurate view of cash flow at the end of the day of the payment due date. So the key new aspect of this process is that direct debit funds credited to an account will not run the risk of being reversed a few days later. This is really an important improvement, I'd say, compared to the current situation where failed direct debits are actually debited at a later date from the payment service user's account from the originator of that direct debit. An important new service expected to be provided by third-party service providers will be also reconciliation services. This will be really helpful for confirming that direct debits have been paid by their debtors and properly accounted for. Now I know all this sounds really complicated but once payment service users become more familiar with this new process for direct debits, it really is expected to bring significantly more efficient and, and faster um, performance than existing practices. Given all the change that's expected to, to happen so, so rapidly, do you think it's fair that all existing providers of back solutions and backed bureaus will be able to manage all these processes for their customers? That's a good question. Um, the role of the third-party service provider will undoubtedly be more onerous and far-reaching. 
than the functions currently performed by a typical Bax bureau. If you kind of look back on all the changes I've just described and then compare it with many Bax bureaus today, I think this step change could prove quite challenging for a number of existing players. Uh, some might lack the scale or broad range of skills which would be required in the ecosystem of the new payments architecture. Likewise, um, banks today generally don't provide BACS direct debit services to their customers, so this may look unfamiliar territory for them as well. It's therefore likely that the, the current large providers of cloud-based BACS and faster payment solutions will have a major role to play in migrating customers across to the, the new systems for credit transfers and direct debits. We'll see how this market evolves over the next few years. With all these changes to electronic payments, what's going to happen to check clearing? It's been in the press a few times lately already, I think. That's right. Um, slowly but surely, um, a new image-based check clearing system is being rolled out in the UK. One of the many benefits of the new system is that check processing will be much faster. Um, so it means that if a customer pays in a check on a Monday to Friday and it's cleared via the new system, then the customer will be able to withdraw the funds by 11.59 at night at the very latest on the next working day. That excludes bank holidays, of course. Um, some banks and building societies will offer their personal customers the um, option of using a secure mobile banking app to pay in an image of their cheque. Um, this is instead of having to go to a branch to pay it in. Um, for business and charity customers, uh, banks will provide desktop scanners linked to their online bank account, allowing them to, to pay in digital images of the checks they receive. Uh, it is important to remember that the introduction of this new process means that when a check is cleared via, via the, um, the check image clearing system, not only is the recipient going to receive the money in their account more quickly, but the money will also be debited from the payer's account in a faster timescale. Marcus, you mentioned uh, the new overlay services earlier on. Can you explain what these are, please? Yes, of course. Um, this is a, an exciting area of opportunity for our customers and prospects. Um, th these new services have been designed to make payments more secure and easier to use. There are, there are four of them in total. Uh, we've got request to pay, there's enhanced data, confirmation of payee, uh, and last but not least, payment status. So specifically request to pay, could you give us an overview of what that is? Yeah, request to pay is probably the most exciting of the new overlay services because it's a flexible instrument which makes it easier to get paid. It's a hybrid which combines an electronic invoice with a number of payment options. So here's how it works. The payee, that is the party wanting to get paid, uses a cloud-based payment platform or an app to issue an electronic message called a request to pay. Uh, this is sent to the payer, in other words, the debtor or the party who owes money. It's important to note that the request to pay includes a description of what the payment request relates to. So for example, enclosing details of the invoice in the message. On receipt of the request to pay on his or her app, the payer is offered a series of payment options 
for example, to make a payment for the total amount requested, to make a partial payment, or to request an extension before paying. Other options include the ability to send a personal message to the payee, or to decline the payment, or even to instruct that any future requests to pay from a particular payee are actually blocked. And naturally, all these decisions are communicated back to the payee who's going to take appropriate action. A big advantage for the party getting paid, especially for a business handling high volumes of inbound payments, is that they'll be able to achieve automatic reconciliation of inbound funds by using this request to pay. That's because full details of the payment and the payer are of course included in the payment. This flexible uh, request to pay tool has got some really compelling use cases in person-to-person, um, business-to-consumer and business-to-business payments. So for example, um, an, an individual can use request to pay to ask friends to reimburse him for their share of a dinner which he or she has, uh, has paid in full. Uh, alternatively, a utility can send a request to pay to a customer who prefers not to use direct debits because this particular customer wants more flexibility. Um, and likewise, in a business-to-business -business scenario, an organization can use request to pay to present an invoice to payment. Um, request to pay has been designed in such a way that more than one level of approval can be required before the request to pay is issued or authorized for payment. Now, as request to pay becomes more sophisticated over time, it's anticipated that the payment options will incorporate aspects of supply chain finance. So in this way, if a supplier wants to get paid early, it can offer a discount. And if a customer seeks deferred payment terms, then an interest calculation can be added to the amount due, which would reflect the time value of money for paying the invoice at a later date. So you see that request to pay has tremendous potential for streamlining the whole order to cash and purchase to pay cycles. With the introduction of request to pay, it seems that at last payments and invoices will finally be fully integrated within one payment system, which is a really important milestone. This in turn creates an ideal environment for improving visibility, um, mitigating risk and making it easier for business to access finance at more competitive rates. It's expected that early examples of the request to pay will be launched later this year, so very exciting times ahead. I'd emphasise that request to pay should not be regarded as a threat to direct debits. In fact, request to pay is really going to complement direct debits. So rather than reduce volumes of direct debits, it's more likely to become an attractive alternative to those payment service users who want greater flexibility regarding the date and the amount of their recurring payments. So any business collecting large volumes of recurring payments is likely to find the request to pay becomes a, a valuable instrument or and, and addition to their direct debit arrangements. Thanks for that, Marcus. Uh, let's move on to the second overlay service, which is uh, enhanced data. What does this mean? Yeah, enhanced data is another um, value-add overlay service which makes it easier for the payee to reconcile inbound payments. Um, enhanced data means the payment message will carry additional structured remittance information 
which will help the payee to identify what the payment relates to. So in this way, um, enhanced data should prove very useful for businesses receiving large volumes of payments from multiple customers. And it's expected to help businesses to save time, uh, mitigate operational risks, and reduce processing costs related to cash allocation and reconciliation. Great. And the third overlay service is confirmation of payee. How might this uh, help businesses? Yes, of course. So um, the, the, the new overlay service known as confirmation of payee will give the payer greater assurance that payments go where they're intended. Um, this service will verify whether the bank's sort code and account number actually belong to the person or business that's named in the payment instruction. So in the case of payments to businesses, the system will provide the payer with the address and the company's house registration number for the beneficiary of the payment. So in this way, you know, confirmation of pay is going to provide a high level of confidence that payments will reach the correct destination. And this in turn should reduce the frequency of funds being lost or delayed after being sent to the wrong beneficiary. Confirmation of payee will also make it easier to comply with anti-money laundering requirements, since it's going to be possible to perform director searches and other compliance checks. And finally, we have payment status. How is this going to fit into all of the new payment services? Yeah, payment status is another um, valuable payment assurance service. It's, it's going to provide all parties with the latest status of a payment and it will provide confirmation that a payment has been received by the beneficiary. So this new overlay service complements confirmation of payee, which as I just mentioned is going to provide greater accuracy and confidence by verifying the payee in advance of the payment, and subsequently payment status will ensure rapid confirmation that a payment has been received by the party intended. Now, all these overlay services will really greatly improve visibility and security in the way that businesses and consumers pay and get paid. And third-party service providers will be, able, will be able to help their customers with all these new payment instruments. Wow. Well, we've covered a lot of material today, Marcus, and time's rapidly running out. Do you have any closing remarks or any conclusions for the people listening? Well, I think the best way to wrap up is to to reassure customers um, and prospects that at bottom line, we're really well positioned to help with all these changes. Uh, with our strong track record of helping organizations through times of change, we can ensure customers comply with the new requirements and still get maximum benefit from all these new systems and innovations. So we're already a trusted expert in the way BACS and faster payments are processed today um, as the UK payment industry migrates onto the new payments architecture over the next five years, uh, at bottom line, we're really fully committed to becoming a third-party service provider and being accredited by Pay.UK. Last year, our regulated payment institution subsidiary, Bottom Line Payment Services Limited, became fully accredited to act as a payment initiation service provider and an account information service provider um, under open banking. These are certainly important steps in getting accredited to deliver open banking and PSD2 solutions. But very important for our discussion today, this accreditation also helps us in our preparation for new payments architecture.
So I fully recognise that the deadlines we've talked about today are still a few years away, but I think it's really important that banks and businesses take into account these changes when, plani when planning any um, modifications or replacements in their payment systems. It's definitely worth considering that moving to a cloud-based payment platform like Bottomline's PTX would do a great deal to future-proof your business and it would give greater peace of mind that you will be compliant for all these changes and be able to make best use of these exciting new systems and overlay services as they become introduced over the coming years. Well, Marcus, thanks very much for your input today and thank you to everyone for listening. My pleasure. It's been very enjoyable. Thank you. Payments Podcast from Bottom Line Technologies.